to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back to the past and look at some DC comics from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. And today, Chris, we have a special issue by request of the man himself, right? The man in charge of the whole show, Jim Werner, requested Prez number one, and not the modern Prez that he derides and hates and loathes, <laughs> but the original Prez from 1973. Uh, this is uh, Prez number one by Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti, September 1973. Kids today. If they're not taking pictures of their own buttholes for social media, they're becoming president of the United States of America. That's the scenario put forth in Joe Simon and Jerry Grandinetti's prez. I knew that would get me. <laughs> About an 18-year-old fellow who attains the highest office in the executive branch after a series of events that are going to be detailed in this episode. But first, we have to do our usual shtick, yeah. as you know. As we like to do. So, Joseph Henry Simon, he was born on October 11th, 1913, in Rochester, New York. He uh, passed away December 14, 2011, in New York City. He was born Jaime Simon, which is very weird to me. Like, where did Joseph Henry come from? I guess he thought he was a real, a steel-working man. Yeah, is that maybe. what it was? And, I, and it's Jaime, H-Y-M-I-E. I've never seen it spelled that way. How do you usually see it? Actually, I, I live in a very high Hispanic neighborhood, so I usually see it as, oh. <laughs> as J-A-I-M-E. I, mean, yes. yeah. I see. This this is the uh, hardcore Jewish version. There he is. In fact, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to learn that if his last name was not always Simon, but I don't really know. Hmm. Um, worked for a couple of newspapers in Rochester and Syracuse until work dried up in 1935. Uh, I'm guessing because of the Depression and probably because they also got the New York Times and the, uh, you know, Telegraph Herald up there. I don't know why these. It was two newspapers he worked for, and they both just collapsed yeah. uh, almost at the same time. So uh, he ventured to New York City at age 23, and he found work at a comics packager, Funnies Incorporated. This is how comics used to be made. They would be sourced out to these creative houses that would sort of work in a little comic book sweatshop. Usually, uh, he supplied work to Timely, among other publishers. Timely was, as we all know, the proto Marvel Marvel Comics. Uh, he met Jack Kirby, who was then working for Fox Features Syndicate, and the two hit it off immediately and began collaborating, uh, I think, because both their fathers were tailors. Hmm. Um, you know, Joe Simon's worked, his dad worked in suits, and Jack Kirby's only did pants. Uh, Joe Simon says he did notice that Kirby had some nice-looking nice pants. Mm -hmm. uh, and they created a character, you might have heard of this one, Chris, uh, Captain America. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know who that yeah, is. Subway. Yeah, Subway. I, I know you've heard of America, so this is the <laughs> captain of it. Uh, that was Captain America Comics number one in March 1941. Uh, right after that, uh, Kirby felt like they weren't getting their fair shake already. Yeah, like, that's this is the beginning of their career. He already <laughs> felt like the uh, Timely was screwing them. So they, they went around looking for other work in National, which later would become DC Comics, hired them in 1942 to revamp their character Sandman, among doing other things. And we actually went over this a lot last week in uh, Cosmic Treadmill when we read Sandman number six. Yes. Uh, after that, uh, he joined the Coast Guard in 1944, got married to uh, a lady by the name of Harriet Feldman, who was the assistant to Al Harvey of Harvey Comics. That was on uh, June 3rd, 1946. Uh, the couple moved to Mineola, Long Island, diagonally across the street from Jack Kirby and his family. So that's, uh, that's pretty uh, neat uh, working environment. 
I know. Talk about a sitcom. Like <laughs> exactly. Too, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Kirby! You know what I mean? Just open the window and shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drawing on page five? <laughs> I need that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they would work together producing a variety of comics until uh, 1955, and uh, that's when Simon wanted to move on from uh, the quote-unquote dying comics industry, which uh, right. <laughs> it's something we've been talking about a lot lately. Huh? <laughs> the is, comics industry true. has been dying since it was born. It's sort, of, it's sort of been in a prolonged death, but right around now, as we know, this is also the comics code, so really there yes. was a there was an huge impetus. collapse yes. of the industry. You know, pe- people really did think that there was not going to be comics in a year, so the, I think Simon said, so long, Simon. Yes, uh, he uh, went into commercial art and did some advertising uh, for many, uh, except he did, a, he did do a brief partnership with Jack Kirby, updating the character The Shield, and also creating the character The Fly for Archie Comics in 1959. Those are those MLG characters. That's right. But, uh, yeah. You know, uh, DC, uh, they, they've been licensed around it. DC had them in the early 90s as part of their impact uh, uh, imprint, I believe. I remember the fly. Yeah. Did, did, did you do the shield also? I think so. And the Jaguar and uh, another one, but I can't remember which one. I, th- I think they put them out now under Red Circle. The, yeah, the Red Circle oh, characters. Uh, right, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he also, uh, while he was doing his advertising, he uh, founded the Mad Magazine ripoff called Sick, which he edit- edited for a decade. It was pretty popular for its time, Sick Magazine. That, I've never heard of that one. Oh, it's out there. Sure. <laughs> You know, it's not as funny. Like almost all, like almost every mad imitator, it's not it's, as good. But it, it, it was pales, it was around yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, he uh, teamed up in, uh, with uh, Jack Kirby again in 1966 uh, to do an issue of Fighting American for Harvey Comics. He created Brother Power the Geek for DC Comics in 1968. And we may cover that at a later date. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they would pair together again, uh, writing that first issue of the Kirby uh, Sandman revival that we talked about uh, last week in 1974. Uh, but before that, he would co-create Prez in 1973 with a fellow by the name of. Let's see if I can not stumble through this one. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up on Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Grantinetti. And uh, that fellow was born on tax day, April 15th, 1926, in Bronxville, New York. He uh, passed away February 19th, 2010, in uh, Brookhaven Memorial Hospital, uh, back around the town I used to live by, uh, Patchogue. Oh, look at yeah. that. Uh, he, uh, he did World War II military service in either 42 or 43. The, uh, yeah, he, he couldn't remember. Yeah. Which I thought, just thought was hilarious. <laughs> one of those years. Yeah, when, when did I put my life on the line? I, I was in the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, following the war, he attended the uh, Pratt Institute on the GI Bill. He met uh, Everett M. Arnold from Quality Comics, who introduced him to uh, Will Eisner. Uh, he landed at Eisner's shop, uh, who was a uh, he was producing the Sunday comics uh, with uh, the Spirit, which uh, we all know. Uh, yeah. DC had that license for quite a long time. And and that was a you know a huge and very experimental comic absolutely for its time. The layouts of it, you know, Eisner. By by that time, you know, Eisner's knowledge of the comics language was. Inside and out, yeah. <laughs> already, yeah. So uh, it was it was always, you know, these are worth tracking down. They have reprinted them. I've seen them. I, have, I don't have it, own any, but they're worth looking at. Yeah, they had uh, – DC did a bunch of the uh, those $50 archive editions. Right, that's where I've seen them. Uh, but they also didn't – Darwin Cook did a run. A couple of guys have done There's been – yeah, there's been spirit, spirit right? around uh, – like a little bit before the New 52, there was uh, some spirit uh, – there was a yeah. series. 
And uh, <clears throat> let's see here. By uh, 1950, he was one of the few ghost artists drawing the spirit under uh, Will Eisner's byline. Other ones were uh, Jim Denton, Al Wenzel, and Wally Wood with uh, Jules Pfeiffer writing them. Uh, he was a oh, <laughs> say pretty good pedigree. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he was a journeyman creator. He landed at DC in 1952 and stayed uh, 17 years, but not exclusively. So he did other stuff here and again. Uh, he drew uh, pretty much whatever wasn't the the cape and cow set. He didn't do superhero comics. He did uh, let's see, he got Western comics, uh, All Star Western, House of Mystery, Strange Adventures, Gangbusters. One of my favorites, Mr. District Attorney, <laughs> and uh, the Racket Squad in action. I like to imagine Mr. District Attorney is just page and page and panel of panel of a guy doing paperwork. That'd be a fantastic. You know, and then like, and like he hits the intercom at one point, and he's like, "Get me a cup of coffee." That's it. That's like the life of a district attorney. And then on page 23, the coffee comes. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> He's uh, probably best known for his work in the uh, in the war comics. He did uh, GI Combat. I'm sorry, GI Combat, Our Army at War, Our Fighting Forces, All American Men of War, and Star Spangled War Stories. Uh, his artwork was considered a little bit uh, experimental for the mainstream comics at the time. Uh, did a little bit of freelancing in the mid '60s, mostly for uh, Warren Publications. They had a uh, black and they, they had their black and white horror comics like uh, Creepy mm-hmm. Theory and Vampirella. Which had, I mean, the the greats worked on <laughs> those uh, in the '60s and '70s. Alex Toth and Bernie Wrightson and, and uh, Jack Davis. Uh, the, the list goes on and on and on. He did. He succeeded Neil Adams on the Spectre numbers six through ten in October 1966 to June 69, and their styles are very dissimilar. But this is what we're talking about: his experimental uh, look. You know, that this is where the podcast format's going to fall short because you can't see yeah. the book we're talking about. But his layouts, his panel layouts, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if learned right from Will Eisner. They just seem to break out of their normal constraints and go all kinds of wacky ways. Lettering can pop off the page. Yeah, there's no rules. Um, it, it really, you know, it's it's very loose but still very readable. Mm-hmm. Uh, really worth taking a look at. I don't know if I would say this is, you know, the most wacky comic I've ever looked at, but it's definitely unusual and it's unusual at a glance. Yeah. Right? You just have to look at it once. So let's get to the actual story itself, shall we? Press number one, chapter one. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? Uh, This actually doesn't start on this page, but this will kind of set the stage. This is the story of the most powerful man on Earth. He is not a superhero, but a teenager who becomes president of the United States. It is not a true story, not yet, but someday it may happen, and the history books of the future may read like this story of... Prez. Mm -hmm. So the quaint little town of Steadfast has a problem. All their clocks are out of whack. It takes a full half hour every hour for them all to strike the hour, which is pretty damn bad. That's got to be annoying, uh, too. It's got to be really... I mean, I think that's why they had to get rid of all the uh, alarm yeah. clocks in town. They were like, no, and the sorry. Cuckoos. A, a noise or... Yeah, exactly. Actually, although you look at it, there are... It is bong, 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 blang, blang, blang mm-hmm. all, the, all the whole time. But uh, Prez Rickard, head of the stock car, stock car club and driver of the Lollipop, which is a sweet-looking whip, if I must say so myself... Uh, he wins a race, but nobody can agree on the winning time because nobody's watch works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, where a clock is wrong, the, the corresponding watch that was set by it is also wrong. Now, the uh, 92nd Congress of the United States ratifies the 18-year-old vote on March 23, 1971. This is actually 
a true historical event, yes. ladies and gentlemen. This was the 26th Amendment to the Constitution. It was added on July 1st, 1971. It was ratified on a state-by-state -state basis, which is uh, common for all amendments, but only a certain percentage need to uh, ratify them for it to become uh, federal law. It was initially ratified by 38 states, which did it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I don't know what the number is, frankly. South Dakota was the last to do so, the latest in doing it on March 4th, 2014. Amazing. But I, but I, I, would, I would like to point out that all the rest did it in 71. It wasn't like it was happening gradually over the years. They they all did it in 71, and then South Dakota decided to, uh, you know, oh, we'll join it. Two years ago. Which is, we, the thing is, it's a federal law, so it's 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 it's, it's it, meaningless, it's irrelevant yeah. for presidential elections. They had to go, but and I'm probably for local too. I'm guessing. I don't know how that works. Uh, it's still not ratified by seven states. Probably never will be. They just did, it's not that they're against it. They just never or they may be against it. It doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. But it's Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, and Utah. Uh, before that, the voting age was 21, just like the current drinking age had was raised to when I was very young. Um, so with this new law enacted, Prez and pals are all psyched to vote for Richard Nixon. <laughs> Psych. Anyway, uh, but we'll. With the clocks out of whack, how will they know when it's election day? Because the guy, the calendars, I guess it all it all goes downhill, Chris. Yeah. You see, when the clock is wrong, the calendar's wrong. You don't know what year it is. You don't know what how old nope. you are. You know, you next thing you know, you're you're trying to get a driver's license at age 11. How many it's how chaos. many candles do you put on your birthday cake? Yeah, exactly. You know, you end up burning down your house. You think you're, you think you're 90 years old. You're only 10. It's literal chaos. The clock's got to be right. Uh, what's funny in that scene when he's talking about that is he's, he's standing at a sundial. So the well, I mean that. So the sun's messed up the too. Sun. Yeah, well, so the the sun is confused. Like if anything, that would be the one thing that you could count on. Uh, it doesn't matter though, because Prez has a plan. He's going to repair repair every clock in town, and he he gets to doing it. And there's a great shot of him up in I guess what would be the uh, steadfast bell tower mm -hmm. or the clock tower, manually fixing it. And people are looking on, laughing at him, and one guy says, That's young Prez Rickard, the man of the hour. Ho, ho. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we uh, shift into uh, Chapter 2, which is the boss of Slum City. We shift to uh, Central City, which, as far as I know, is home of the Flash. <laughs> yeah, I guess he must have. Uh, I, think, I think in the 70s, he probably moved to the suburbs, like a lot of white maybe people. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and maybe this was South Central City. Because South Central does it like nobody does. Oh <laughs> yeah! It's a great picture of a filthy and, and still somehow some somehow racially diverse city neighborhood. There's a there's bums and animals roaming all over the place. It's great. Um, have a nice day. Smiley faces are plastered everywhere. Uh, the smiley face was uh, used commercial being used commercially dates back to at least 1919. We're gonna go into some real history now. Our uh, our conception of the you know the yellow circle. I, I think a lot of people might think about Walmart now. Uh, the, yeah. the two dots for the eyes and the, and the smile uh, that was created by a graphic artist by the name of uh, Harvey Ross Ball in 1963. He was an employee of the uh, of the State Mutual Life Assurance Company of Worcester, Mass. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it uh, took him about 10 minutes. He got $45, which is a pretty fair uh, pretty fair shake. Not too bad. No, no, not bad for in, 19, in, in today's dollars, it would actually be something around 225. It actually, the, the information did say that. So, eh, not, not, yeah, not, not, not bad, not great. Um, yeah. they, you know, this is a very recognizable sign. I think it's one of those that uh, you, you know what it means when you see it. 
Um, we got here garbage men of a paid boss Smiley to dump trash. Have they been paid by boss Smiley to uh, dump trash in the river? I'm not sure which way the graft is going. I don't know either. It's it's one of the other. No, uh, he he he's paying he's paying boss Smiley. I've got my okay from boss Smiley. It costs me plenty to there dump is. my garbage in the river. So yeah, he's paying yeah, boss Smiley. And uh, cops are taking bribes for bo- for boss Smiley. Uh, the air quality is visual visually awful. Is a uh, you know haze. Um, <laughs> a guy saying boss Smiley wants me to pay him welfare. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, uh, so the question remains: Who, who in the hell is this boss Smiley? Yeah, <laughs> we got uh, we got some young people protesting outside of city hall. Cops on horseback. They start uh, cracking skulls, uh, presumably, you know, by direct order of boss Smiley. Um, and the, the, there's a uh, we got the fat cat establishment. They're watching from city hall, and they're they're wearing their very uh, very 1970s appropriate suits there. I mean, they're perfect. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I looked at them and I was just like, this this could not be happening in any other no. era of American history. This <laughs> is 1973, exactly. Yeah, there's you know? no denying it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we find out here that Boar Smiley, he's the meanest, most vicious man in the world. And he's just a short dude with a. Instead of having a head, he has a smiley face. Well, he has a. It's so weird because you kind of see it yeah. sometimes with a neck. It's it's strange, but sometimes it's just there. It's he's he's, he's like a, he's he's deformed, folks. I, I can't. You have to see it to believe it. He, but he has a smiley face for a for a face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this was a some sort of a meta commentary where you just fill in your own hated politician or i i guess yeah probably but it, it's just such a it's, it's a very weird choice to it make. Is. i like it yeah it's, it's it's very nice here uh he's a he's well he's a fan of batgirl he's got a batgirl comic book on his desk <laughs> he's also a fan of richard nixon he's got a signed frame picture of him and uh tricky dick on the wall and <laughs> he's got a signed framed picture of him and adolf hitler how how old is Boss Smiley now? I mean, do it, you know. <laughs> but it's like it's it's like you've gone into the cartoony realm here. Like, I know you you have to expect to see him with the, like with the know, devil. Like a, a note from the yeah. devil, you know. Good job, Smiley. Yeah, sign for Satan, golf, yeah. You know? Sign the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> There's a map of a Central City, USA. It's labeled the Battle Zone map, and uh, he's worried uh, that a surge in youth votes would upset the status quo. Uh, this is, you know, before people realize that that doesn't actually happen. No, young young people don't vote. Only senior citizens. That's it. We know that. <laughs> Smiley says, ain't you hoid that the 18-year-olds have the vote now? They've even passed an amendment that lets the kids run for Congress. Did that? You know, he, and, 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 you know, Chris, Chris is putting on a voice here, but he does actually kind of talk. Yeah. About it. Like for a guy that's a guy that's running this whole city, you know what I mean? He's like the head of a massive wealthy criminal empire. He talks like he's from the Lower East Side. He's I don't from know the what this is. It's, yeah. like a D, it's like a DC thing, you know? It's like if you're a criminal, you got to talk like a freaking bum. you got to be a mook. <laughs> in, his, in his rage, he chucks a dude out the window. And immediately after that... A closed window. A closed window, window. A closed yes. Window. It's a closed window, so he's shattering the glass here. And another one of his lackeys, let's just, just immediately, he starts taping the window shut. It's amazing. Yeah, it's all very Mad Magazine. Yes, and uh, you know, Smiley, he's like, you know, if if, if kids are going to run for Senate, he wants to be the one that picks the kid because he wants to pick someone who's pliable, someone that he can, uh, someone that he can mold in his uh, his own way here. So he's got a plan. We're gonna go. Let's go visit my cousin, Misery Marco, the advertising genius. He'll know what to do. 
So the smiley chopper takes off from City Hall's roof to go visit Misery Marcos' tripped-out cruise ship in the middle of the oh, ocean. Awesome. in Pollution Cove. Yeah, the whole thing looks sort of like it's very psychedelic. and It's in Pollution Cove, which stinks, but it's his private harbor. Uh, Misery prefers it because he feels like it keeps him very creative. Uh, in the water, there's a wrecked car. Joe's diner sign, books, and other junk is just floating around, so you know it's uh, real, real messy. And Misery says... When they finally get to his office, which is well appointed, of course, in this uh, ship, he says he sent the last four presidents to the White House and is responsible for promoting Boss Smiley and turning him into the political leader of the entire central nation. Whatever that (laughs) is. I don't know what that means, what the central nation is, but okay. Uh, He's a powerful man, is the point. Uh, Incidentally, those four presidents that he didn't saw would have been... uh, In reverse order. This is taking place, what we think, in reverse order. Uh, Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, John F. Kennedy, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Although Chris points out since LBJ took over for JFK, he may be including Harry S. Truman, although I would then counter that maybe he engineered the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Perhaps. You see? So he really didn't stall him. Or maybe he's actually talking about he backed Kefauver. (laughs) He He should have. But then he he wouldn't have gotten him into it. Maybe he backed them both. Maybe that's how he does it. He plays the middle. Uh, That's an old... An old scam. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, getting down to business, Misery Marco says they need a young whippersnapper that embodies the best qualities of Mussolini, Gandhi, and Lincoln. That's a Venn now diagram that, of <laughs> epic before. That is a that that is a man with a mind that just works like no other. I would never th- I would never even think of putting those three people in the same sentence, but here <laughs> he is. Uh, and he knows he knows about press record because he has a newspaper. He's he's actually on the headline of the Steadfast Times due to him fixing all the clocks. So Boss Smiley and crew, they visit the quaint town of Steadfast in their double-wide convertible Cadillac, and uh, they go to Prez, and they rope him into running for Senate. And Prez explains he was named Prez because his mom said, someday this baby will be president. And Boss Smiley says that with my help, you will. That's where you uh, move right into Chapter 3, Eagle Free. Now, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we got Boss Smiley's caddy and Aunt Entourage. They're rolling noisily through the idyllic countryside on the way back to Central City. Yeah, uh, Smiley says that they'll get Prez to cooperate, or they'll just find something to blackmail him with. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, everybody's got skeletons in the closet. <laughs> uh, Smiley chucks a guitar, uh, a guitar, a cigar butt out the window, <laughs> and he says, "Laws are made for common people, dummy, not poor Smiley." Out steps a Native American by the name of Eagle Free, complete with a feather and fringed pants. <laughs> So, the, so there's no mistaking yes, that, you know, what this guy's supposed to be. <laughs> and uh, he comes out to beat back the fire caused by Smiley Cigar, but he does not shed a single tear. No, no time. So it's not, yeah, it's not like the old commercial there. Uh, he talks to animals because, you know, Indians can do that. Uh, Smiley reveals his plan to build a super highway from Central City to Steadfast because he figures that people are going to want to visit the home of the future president or the current, when he is president, of the United States. Whoa, he's already got big plans, big plans. He does, and for some reason the lettering gets a little wonky uh, around here, just just for, just for yeah. a moment. I like it, though. Yeah. It does, it gets all weird and boisterous. It does. You can see the excitement. Uh, now, the uh, the youth vote puts more young folk into office, which builds the voting base to elect Prez Rickard as senator of whatever the hell state steadfast is in. 
Uh, we've got to wonder if he'll be the junior senator or the senior senator. How many? Uh, who knows? I don't know how it works anymore. With those 18-year-olds in, in uh, the office, we don't know how it works. I know it. Uh, now, Prez is on hand to christen the new Central City Steadfast Superhighway. And he's got, he's got like a, like a dynamite. He's got one of those uh, yeah. one of those things. Plungers, yeah. those, those 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 dynamite plungers, the detonators. That's the word, the detonator with the plunger, and he and he and he triggers <laughs> he triggers the explosion himself. Yeah, I, I, has this ever have, has a president ever been allowed to Dis- set off a dynamite explosion at the? Not since pre-Civil War times, I don't think. <laughs> You'd figure, right? <laughs> uh, Boar Smiley and his cronies, they're on hand to watch. And one asks, what will he do when the dam bursts? This is, By the way, this is the first we've heard of the dam. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to say, like, it's not like we knew that this was a possibility. Yes. But. <laughs> Smiley says his, uh, his construction company will just build a new dam. So, uh, you know, the system works. You know, you break. Of course. You, you, you pay somebody to dig the hole, you pay someone <laughs> to fill it back in. That's what we call that's what we call government. Indeed, uh, the dam breaks just as you figure it would. Eagle Free is leading a stampede of wildlife, which some <laughs> somehow includes monkeys and elephants. I, I kept looking in this for like any note of like the zoo. Yeah, but there isn't. No, nothing, nothing. No one says anything about a zoo. There are just monkeys, elephants, and later on you'll see that there's a lot of wildlife in this town. It is of, uh, very diverse. Fast. Yes, yeah. uh, Eagle Free says the dam is going. It happened sooner than I thought. Luckily, we're prepared, my brothers. And as the water reaches, uh, as the waters breach the construction site, which is a uh, you know pretty bad planning, all things said, uh, they see a boat full of animals approaching. Okay. What does that remind you of? Hmm, I don't know. Well, the animals. <laughs> well, if you said Noah's Ark. Oh, I, I, I would I would I would have followed exactly what that guy in, said in the past. Yes, because right it gets it gets referenced right away. <laughs> now the animals include zebras and giraffes. <laughs> I don't know where they picked them up. They jump ashore and they just just they just wreck the construction site. <laughs> it's a terrifying prospect. Yeah, <laughs> he got. I mean, this is the kind of revenge we don't want to see from the animal kingdom. Oh. You know, like they could they could really mess us yeah. up. Not to mention there are gorillas and elephants and bears. You know, this is not just like you know uh, mountain lions and uh, whatever yeah. marsupials. And how do you sue a giraffe for damages? Well, that's a very you good can't. question. I think I think you've gotten to the core of the problem. I think here, so. Yes. Now, Boy Smiley, <laughs> he's he's furious, and that's probably why. And uh, he demands someone go after the animals and fricassee see them. <laughs> Our man Prez, he, he steps to and he's heading off. So Eagle Free sneaks all the animals into an obscured cave, but nothing is obscured to Detective Prez Rickard, who now is a detective all of a sudden. Yes. He uh, gets close to the ground, he senses a gust of air near the ground, and it leads him to the hidden cave. And uh, upon walking in, um, instantly, uh, Eagle Free takes a swing at him. It, uh, it doesn't look like it connects, but there is a wham sound effect. Uh, then... Prez gives him one right back, and there's a thud sound effect. So even though you don't see any contact, it seems like they actually have hurt each other. Yes. But uh, Eagle Free sort of has the advantage because he can, you know, communicate with and command vicious beasts. <laughs> so he uh, Prez is held fast by a bear hug from a real bear. And That's Eagle authentic. Free says. That's right. Exactly. You don't get a more bear hug than that. The bear is also blue in every instance, too. I don't know what that's about, but I guess that's... There were limitations to coloring back in the day. Uh, Eagle Free says, that's it, Tiba. Cool cool off his hot head while we explain the facts of life to him. And, I mean, come on. He is 18. 
you know, he probably knows it already. He might. Eagle Freak formally introduces himself, and in fact, we have not actually known his name until this moment, but we just threw it in there because I didn't want to keep referencing the Native American yes. when we knew when we knew who he was. Uh, and he reveals a pretty high-tech cave filled with charts, books, and a chemistry set. So, uh, you know, that's that's up there, I guess. Well, most caves uh, in the 70s had that. Oh, is that, is that a 70s cave? Uh, 60s, too. You know, 60s, too. Oh, all right. <laughs> and there, there is, of course, the uh, token melting candle on a plate. you got to have that. Yes. That's, that's, uh, whether you have a cave or a evil laboratory, you got to have the melting candle on a plate. That's vital. <laughs> Uh, so Prez is just incredulous that he lives with animals. Yes, and Eagle Free says, I know what you're thinking, and I'm, a, I'm little more than animal myself. That's uncanny. It's true. How did you know what I was thinking? Uh, Eagle Free explains he has studied the animals and acquired their abilities. Yes, I am a little, I am little more than animal, but in many ways, animals are superior to man. For instance, they get to poop outside. Lucky stiffs. And yeah, I know, really. They get to do it when, whenever. They can do it while they walk, which, frankly, I can, too, if you'd let me. But that's not, that's a, for another day. Yes. Uh, Eagle Free studied at unnamed universities and became scholarly, but prefers to live as his ancestors lived, with nature. I'd like that, too. Not you, Prez. Your heart's not pure. You represent oh. all that we detest. That's really messed up to That's say. Cold hearted, Free, isn't it? I know, and he tells him Boss Smiley is corrupt, and he will prove it to him if Prez spends a few days in the cave with him. And now we get the training montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the very next page, we see that Prez learns to walk with the animals and talk with the animals, and now he's as skilled as Eagle Free. So I guess there really wasn't much to no. it. You just kind of had to, you know, spend four, four, three or four days, and you're good to go. Yeah, I think there's a merit badge for that. <laughs> now finally, it's time. Eagle Free and Prez go scale Smiley's skyscraper headquarters using the ways of the spider. I think I, we figure, you know, it's it's it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> now they smash a window using the uh, using the uh, the ways of the woodpecker. <laughs> That's right. Well, he actually uses a, a real hatchet. I love. <laughs> That's one thing I should have mentioned. He actually great. pulls out a real. Uh, native, um, Indian hatchet yes. to break a window. Uh, now that summons some of the henchmen to show up. <laughs> now you're gonna go. <laughs> they're climbing up to be inconspicuous. Yeah. And then they break a window. And it's like why don't you why don't you just make why don't you just beat the shit out of the guys on the ground <laughs> exactly. floor and take the elevator? Like they don't have know? like a glass cutter or like they couldn't have like a <laughs> they couldn't have like some bird come and just swoop the window out. Uh, I mean, I, what I was thinking is Eagle Freeze got a chemistry set. He does. Bring, bring some kind of acid, you know. Exactly. It, it seems like it seems very obvious, but anyway, this is how they did. I think he was just making drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> now Prez finds a very convenient, very convenient file that details all of Smiley's corruption. It's it's the corruption file. It, it just goes yeah. into the bribes, the payoffs, and all the swindles. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, folks, if you're thinking of doing crime, don't. Do not keep all your crimes in a file or ledger. It always gets them in the comments. Yeah, I keep them in boxes in different countries. That's, that's probably a better way. <laughs> now, just then, uh, Smiley's men bust in, and a, and a fight breaks out. President Eagle Free, they're overwhelmed. Smiley walks in to see what the hubbub's all about. Now, Prez says he ain't going to be a stooge no more. We've uncovered your whole rotten scheme, Smiley. I'm my own man from now on. And, and, and how stupid is Prez, really? 
You know, it's yeah. <laughs> clearly uh, that's, that's my he's very naive. He's, he's a very wide-eyed, naive he boy. Is. He is only 18 he for is. three or four years. <laughs> we think. <laughs> Smiley says he won't be able to fix a traffic ticket when he's through with Perez. He'll just be another candidate that'll listen. And we didn't even know at this point that he was running for president. Yeah, there was no indication. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, Smiley says, you know, you could be president someday, someday. but he didn't know, you know that was Tuesday. Know that it was like, as a matter of fact, it's going to be very yes. soon because Prez says, too late, Smiley. It's election day. Ooh, now, all over the country, young vote voters turn out to elect their peers to national office. Political machines fear that the halls of Congress will be controlled by youth. Now, after the youth controls Congress, now this is where it gets wacky. Uh, youth controls Congress. They amend the Constitution to lower the legal age of president to go from 35 to 18. Senator Prez Rickard running on the new flower party ticket. He somehow wins the presidency. We don't know if this is the same day, the same year, the next year, two years later. Yeah, but he's still I, yeah, 18. He's still 18 the whole time, so I guess it all. I guess it's like there were successive election days. It was like a, they turned into election month. It might have been. <laughs> just bang out three a week. Let's like let's just let's just roll them out. Yeah. Now he won on the Truth and Love campaign, which uh, seems different from the usual, you know, lies and fear campaigns that we get these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm, I'm more used to that one. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would. I definitely would be uh take it take it. That away. would raise my eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> uh, Prez Rickard is in the new Funkin' Wagner history book <laughs> do history books get printed on demand it's i mean it, it's he's in the present why is he in a history book i don't understand you know, it's like, how long has he been president what's what what year is it in this book uh but president acknowledges that too he says that was a quick history they sure didn't wait for me to accomplish anything did they so it's like his first fucking day in office, yep. and he's in the history book. Like, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> he, I, I, I was looking at pictures of the presidents, and was he the first blonde president? Uh, he may have been, you know. Yeah, so um, this is, this is you know, earth-shattering. He's not only the first I mean, a lot, a lot of presidents had white hair. Yes. So we don't know what their hair had been. He's the first uh, natural toehead. Yeah, I can't think of any exactly any, <laughs> any other blondies. Now he he's a, he's appointed Eagle Free as the head of the F, head of the FBI. Hey guy, I just met. <laughs> yeah, you're the head of the FBI now. How do you like it? And a uh, there's a mystery figure in a silhouette who would be his vice president. Who can it be? Well, we find out it's his mom. And I think he hires his sister to be his uh, secretary. His secretary. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's in, that's in uh, successive issues that we won't get to, so we'll reveal that yes. it is his mother. <laughs> now, there's a movement to impeach Prez, which leaves us on a bit of a cliffhanger here. And, uh, you know, we got a, that old Crow Simon. He can still write a comic book. Yeah, yep. still leave you hanging with yep. a couple of a couple of teasers. And uh, even at the end, everyone breaks the fourth They do. Oh, they look at us. Is, which is strange. They, they even acknowledge that we're reading an issue of a comic book, which I, I always like, but it, it does seem to come out of nowhere. But considering that he he went from being senator to president in roughly 20 eight minutes, hours, yeah, uh, yeah just a little short time. So I guess anything goes. So that is the end of Prez number one, as requested again by Mr. Jim Werner of this podcast. But uh, a little uh, housekeeping at the end. Prez ran for four issues. August 1973 to March 1974, bi-monthly. Uh, the fifth issue was uh, printed in Cancelled Comics Cavalcade Number no. 2 in 1978. Uh, that was a result of the DC implosion 
which we covered in our first Weird Comics history on this very podcast. Back uh, in April. Uh, it's, it long, it's a long time ago now, yeah. And uh, it's really almost too much to explain. I would say do a search for yes. DC Implosion and you will learn all about it. Um, and, you know, there's there seems to be an indication that he's actually part of the DC Universe uh, right around that time in Supergirl number 10, September, October 1974. There was Death of a Prez by Carrie Bates and Art Saff, which implied that Prez Rickard is, in fact, President of the United States on Earth One. Craziness. Yeah. Now, if we jump ahead uh, about 20 years, Prez Rickard shows up in an issue of Sandman, uh, Sandman number 54, October 1993, by Neil Gaiman and Mike Allred uh, with Brian Talbot. Um, it's an issue called The uh, Golden Boy. Which is a uh, pretty faithful retelling of the first four, or of the only four issues of Prez, basically. Yeah. Uh, until the end when Boss Smiley runs heaven and tries to ensnare Prez. Uh, luckily, Morpheus saves him. Yeah, sends him on some kind of eternal, I forget what it is, walkabout or something yeah. like that makes him like eternal president. Yeah, he also showed up in Vertigo. Well, it sort of showed up. Uh, the concept showed up in Vertigo Visions One Shot Prez Smells Like Teen President. In September 1995, by Ed Brubaker and Eric Shanower, a slacker teen seeks out Prez, who he believes is his father, and Prez was killed by brain cancer, metaphorically the cancer within America's collective soul. Ugh. In <laughs> uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Strikes Again, that's the one that happened a little after the turn of the century. Uh, a computer program designed to act as president is Rick Rickard, and uh, resembles Prez, but it's uh, it's clearly meant to be a uh, a less than uh, less than loving look at uh, George W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, and these were all collected, right? Yeah, all these appearances, as well as the only issues, and uh, I'm not. I think. I think issue five is in there too. Uncovered. I would imagine. Yeah, it came out like a, a trade edition for Prez came out. Oh, I don't know, four months not ago. Not too long like ago, that. yeah. Yeah, not too long ago. Earlier this year, sometime. Um, Prez re- returns again in Multiversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in 2015. I think so. You want to say, yeah. Right? Or 14. 14 or 15. Prez Prez was president on Earth 47. He also financed the Love Syndicate of Dreamworld. That's Earth's that Earth's metahuman team, and they are. Awesome, and I would yes. love to see a series of this right away. If anyone at DC is listening to them, listening to this, I don't know why you have Justice League and JLA when you could have Justice League and Love Syndicate of Dream World LSD, which includes, which you know what I mean, <laughs> and includes awesome a uh, Sunshine Superman, which is a big black yes. uh, super, Superman with an afro, Shooting Star, Speed Freak, Magic Lantern, and Brother Power the Geek, and uh, he's also immortal. That's helpful. Throw it in. <laughs> And uh, we just recently had a Prez in, uh, towards the tail end of the New 52 during the DCU uh, initiative. And uh, probably should have been a Vertigo title. Yeah. And uh, this is a six-issue miniseries that was, what was it supposed to be a 12-issue, then a six-issue, then a 12-issue, then a six-issue, then a six-and-a-half-issue? Yeah, and issue. recently, now it is a six-issue. Yeah. It's, been, yeah, it's, been, it's been clipped officially. Yeah, and this was in uh, 2015 by Mark Russell and Ben Caldwell. Uh, this is teen smartphone t- sensation Beth Ross is elected president by Twitter in 2036. Uh, I, I don't know where this was supposed to go. I mean, this just seems like such a weird yeah. book for just DC. It, it, I mean, what it is is it, it ends up being uh, much like the original Prez, a commentary. Satirical, uh, yeah. It's satirical, except that unlike Prez, it doesn't have a strong narrative holding it all together of like 
pre, you know, present eagle free, they end up being sort of a hard traveling heroes. And yeah. so, you know, it's always eagle free saying like, look, Prez, you think, you know, burning coal is great, but <laughs> look at the dead birds. And he's like, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, and uh, <laughs> that this didn't have that. I mean, I actually enjoyed this Prez a lot. But like I said, this really should have been a vertical yeah. title. It's just not a DC title. It, does, it, it was not. It did not fit with the DCU, and it had nothing to do with like that kind of readership. Yeah, and uh, apparently, it's gonna be this. The the, the whole story. It, it, I didn't read it. So, did the sixth issue end on kind of a cliffhanger? Um, sort of. I mean, she, she becomes president, and now it's like the forces that were conspiring to. The whole thing was actually kind of interesting in that senators and congress people in, you know, under corporate interests in order to juice corporations for more, more money were holding their endorsements over their heads. Okay. And so they endorsed Beth, Beth Ross often as a protest endorsement because they felt like whatever super mega corp should give them another $10 million. But in doing so, they accidentally got her. Uh, nominated ah. and then pe- people elected her because she was the most familiar candidate because she was a a uh, Twitter sensation or whatever the hell it was. So it it actually had some cleverness to it and the whole way they handled the corporate interests like the smiley faces. It was actually every corporation had a holographic face over its representative. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I, you have to be a, of a certain sensibility. You personally, Chris, I would say you you might like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you would like fall all over yourself, but I think I think you would dig some of it. Uh, the art is really, I think, really good. It, the the uh, art is nice. Yeah, Ben Caldwell is no slouch. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if you would agree with it politically, but I think you just enjoy it mm. as a as a somewhat funny story, and you definitely would agree with some of it. Yeah. As for the rest of the people out there in the world, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I don't know you, <laughs> so I can't say. Give it a shot. Yeah, and uh, that whole story is going to be wound up in. Now this is weird. It's it, there's a Catwoman election day special coming out. Yeah. That's strange. And, and from what it looks like, it press is going to get four pages to wrap up the story. What? I think I read. The whole thing sounds so weird. I don't really know what to make <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? I don't understand. Like he's yeah, she's not going to be in Catwoman's story. Also. What does Catwoman have to do with Election Day? Is there something I missed? Was she is she president? But she doesn't right? even have an ongoing right now. She, I guess maybe that's why they're they're pulling around. I mean, I don't mind sure. Catwoman, but it just seems, you know, if I was gonna do an Election Day special, I don't know, Luther would come to mind, yeah. or, uh, you know, Superman doing something for government. I don't know, whatever. But maybe this will. It just it just seems weird, but. I have I really have no opinion about it one way sure. or the other because I don't know any any more information than what I've <laughs> sputtered out so far. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of last appearances of Prez. He really is ubiquitous. This gentleman, he appears in a uh, episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold in season three, episode ten, Triumvirate of Terror. He's there. He's that president, 50 years into the future of that uh, episode, and in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, a cartoon I've never heard of or seen, nope. he's in season one, episode 25, Pawn of Shadows. And Prez just appears on a poster there, but he's acknowledged in Scooby-Doo, of all places. Mm. And I think that is, you're not going to get more uh, Prez than that. No. You know, right? would, you, would you say we've hit the top level of Prez at this oh, point? Oh, certainly. certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're feeling topped off with Prez, or you feel like you should have gotten a little bit more, you should definitely uh, write to the podcast at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. No, I'm at Ace Comics. And every week, I'll tell you, you got to go to Chris's blog. Chris is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. 
Uh, you have, you didn't do Prez. Yeah, you're not gonna do Prez. No, no. I, I was gonna do uh, I was gonna do Smells Like Teen President, but I, I only made it a couple pages in before uh, Ooh, wanting to set bad, the house huh? on fire. <laughs> but, but this week you did do a comic, a DC comic I've never even heard yes. of, but you'd never heard of uh, Kong. What Kong was the, the Untamed from 1975. The Untamed, sort of a a. Conan caveman kind, kind of, of a like a it's kind it's he's a descendant of Anthro. Uh, it's oh, kind right. of it's yeah, it's kind of Anthro, a little bit of Commandy-ish. It's a uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it, it's just interesting to not not even have even heard of the title, yeah. you know. So that's uh, what drew if me you to want it. to be if you want to be pleasantly surprised by by things like that, or you want to read his complete his run his sorry his review of the complete run of Angel Love by now. DC Comics, <laughs> that website again is Chris is on infiniteearth.blogspot.com. So everyone, be sure to send in your requests. We are now again without any requests for the Cosmic Treadmill. Yep. Name your favorite DC comic. We'll get our hands on it and we will talk about it here. Uh, but I think that's it for us, right, Chris? Yeah, uh, just a. Uh... Those requests got to come in, or else I'm gonna pick some like really long Teen Titans thing again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we got there's a long, Teen Titans went on for a long time, folks. We got a lot of stories we could still do for that one. Well, we could always dig up another issue of Sugar and Spike. <laughs> what do you think of that, folks? <laughs> we got another hour in us on Sugar and Spike, no problem. Oh, that was that was a blast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and make sure you set your treadmills to election day. Cosmically. Well, I was fit that wonder rhyme shit. Me and my conglomerate, Cheryl made anonymous.